I'm Roy Lee Lindsay with the North Carolina Pork Council, and I want everyone to remember, bacon makes everything better. Hey folks, welcome back to the David Glenn Show, now seen and heard exclusively here on the new North Carolina Sports Network. Please be sure to bookmark and visit our new website, ncsportsnetwork.com, where you can find daily articles and direct links to our very wide variety of podcasts, YouTube channel offerings, DG Show t-shirts, other merchandise options, and lots of other fun stuff. There are only seven active head coaches in Division I men's basketball who have won one or more NCAA championships. Bill Self at Kansas, Scott Drew at Baylor, Rick Pitino now at St. John's. He won at Kentucky and Louisville. John Calipari of Kentucky, Tom Izzo of Michigan State, Dan Hurley just last year at UConn, and our guest today on the David Glenn Show, Tony Bennett of the University of Virginia. Like Dabo Sweeney of Clemson and many of our other high-profile guests, both here in North Carolina and beyond, Tony Bennett has fascinated me, and based on the feedback I've received from so many of our viewers and listeners and readers on our various statewide or ACC-wide platforms over these last 15 years or so, he has impressed many of you as well, both for reasons related to his sport and his coaching, of course, but also for reasons way beyond the between-the-lines confines of football or basketball or any other sport. For example, Tony Bennett's five pillars of UVA basketball actually have biblical roots, not something you hear about often in major college athletics. Those pillars, which he adopted from his father, Dick Bennett, who was his college coach at Wisconsin Green Bay way back in the late 1980s and early 1990s, are humility, passion, unity, servanthood, and thankfulness. And Tony has elaborated on many of those guiding principles during his dozens of visits here on our show and in other public settings over the years. When he talked about the educating young men aspect of his job, nobody who pays attention to this stuff rolls their eyes, as many justifiably do in other college sports contexts these days. One unforgettable and almost unbelievable aspect of Tony Bennett's story at UVA, and we'll get into it in our conversation with him today, is that his program experienced an unprecedented low in the 2018 NCAA tournament when the Cavaliers, who at the time had a 31-2 and record and had captured the ACC's regular season title, meaning first place in the conference standings, and the ACC tournament title, those Cavaliers at 31-2 and two became the first number one seed in the history of March Madness, which dates to the 1930s, to lose to a number one seed, in that case, UMBC. With many of those same players, of course, Tony Bennett and the Cavaliers turned around and won the 2019 national championship. Before Tony Bennett, UVA had never won the NCAA title in men's hoops. Now the Cavs have won. Before Tony Bennett, UVA had won only a single ACC basketball title way back in 1976. Under Bennett, the Cavs have won two more in 2014 and 2018. They also have those six first-place finishes in the ACC, counting ties, just in the last 10 seasons. And how's this for good company? Only four coaches 
have won the ACC Coach of the Year honor four or more times. Their names, Dean Smith, Mike Krzyzewski, and Tony Bennett. Only three coaches have had 10 or more consecutive seasons with winning records in ACC games, meaning just conference play. Their names, Dean Smith, Mike Krzyzewski, and Tony Bennett. TB has won the National Coach of the Year honor three times in 2007 while at Washington State and in 2015 and 2018, of course, while at UVA. It's easy to forget, but Tony Bennett was actually a standout player, too. He actually still to this day ranks first in NCAA history for career three-point shooting accuracy at 49.7%. And back in the mid-1990s, he spent three seasons with the Charlotte Hornets in the NBA, mainly as Muggsy Bogues' backup point guard. Okay, as we welcome Tony Bennett back to the David Glenn Show, one quick reminder. Our good friends at Sport Clips have more than a dozen of their 70-plus statewide locations in the Charlotte area and another dozen-plus in the Triangle area. As a longtime Sport Clips customer myself, I highly recommend the relaxing MVP option with the tingly shampoo, the barbershop-style hot towel treatment, and an awesome neck and shoulder rub that'll let you walk out that door feeling like a new person. In recent years, even I have also figured out how easy it is to get in line while online at Sport Clips. Here's what I mean. You go to sportclips.com slash check-in, enter your city or zip code, and select your preferred store. As you check in, you get an approximate time for your haircut, and that way you can head to the store at the smartest possible time. Sometimes they want you right away, Remember, in any event, all Sport Clips welcome walk-ins, and they don't even take appointments, but online check-in saves you time by allowing you to secure your spot in the lineup even before you arrive at the store. It's that easy, that efficient, that awesome. The next time you're headed to Sport Clips, start by going to sportclips.com slash check-in. Tony Bennett, right after this. In sports, we talk a lot about impact players who make a positive difference. When it comes to our state's economy, the North Carolina pork industry is a true MVP. Each year, the pork industry plays an important role in supporting rural communities across our state. It contributes more than $10 billion a year to the North Carolina economy and supports more than 44,000 jobs. Learn more about their positive impact at ncpork.org. The North Carolina Pork Council, the foundational partner of the North Carolina Sports Network. Okay, without further ado, we welcome our featured guest of the week. He is one of our all-time favorites, and he happens to be bringing his team here to the state of North Carolina this week. He is one of only seven active head coaches with an NCAA championship on his resume. He joins legendary Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski and legendary UNC coach Dean Smith as the only coaches ever to post 10 or more consecutive seasons with winning records in ACC games, meaning conference play, 
And of course, he has led Virginia to six first place ACC finishes just in the last 10 years. He is now in his 15th season as the head coach of the Cavaliers. Tony Bennett, welcome back to the David Glenn Show for probably the 50th time. And welcome to the new North Carolina Sports Network for the first time. How are you, coach? It's always good to be with you, David. I, you, 15 years ago, I think on Radio Row, I was doing at the ACC Media Day the first time I met you. And I thought, what is going on with this guy? You know, <laughs> no, I've loved getting to know you over the years and certainly have respected um, you know, the job you do and, and always appreciative of the time we get. So good to, good to be with you. Well, thank you, Coach. That is really kind of you to say and right back at you, of course. Since you are bringing your team to Charlotte this week, I am hoping that you will revisit a story from the Queen City from about 30 years ago that, to me, is at least as good as your team's 2019 NCAA title at UVA. You were playing for the NBA's Charlotte Hornets at the time, attending a nearby church, and you encountered the lovely Laurel Purcell for the first time. What about Laurel originally inspired you to ask some other church members about her and then remind us how did things go from there? Uh, so there must be a God if this young lady is at the church I'm at. No, it was <laughs> a, a funny story. David Chadwick, who was the pastor at Forest Hill at the time and played for Dean Smith at North Carolina, I got to know him. It was my rookie year and with the Hornets and got to know his family and just had gone to church and, and just was really uh, loved him. And the youth pastor said, hey, would you come and speak to our youth group? It was like my last day of being there after my rookie year and I was heading to Wisconsin for the summer. Well, ironically, that was Laurel's first day as the assistant youth director. And we just met, but I, I remember I shared to the group and, and I, she was handing out bulletins. And I remember going up and asking Pastor Chadwick, hey, who's the new young lady? Uh, and found out she went to LSU and all that. So that was my first thing. And I was uh, very grateful and thankful for that. Okay, one more quick thing involving your wife, Laurel. During your three seasons as the head coach at Washington State, you turned down job offers or at least inquiries from schools as prominent as Indiana and LSU and others. As legend has it, and if this scene were portrayed in a movie, Coach, you also were about to place a call in March 2009 to say no to UVA's athletic director at the time, Craig Littlepage, but your wife, Laurel, according to the legend, stopped you at the last second and suggested you reflect a bit more on that decision. What is your recollection 15 years later of how that very important fork in the road of your life and your career actually unfolded? Yeah, I mean, you've got it. I've obviously shared that before. You know, we're asked as uh, coaches to make these decisions in 48 hours um, to that are career changing. And I can remember talking to Laurel and kind of going through it. We had visited, loved it, and said, this is the place. We both thought that as we left Charlottesville, flying back all the way to the uh, Pacific Northwest. And then and I just thought about it and I just had some uneasiness. I said, I think I need to stay. And that was how it happened. I picked up the phone and she said, hang it up right now. I mean, I literally had probably the four, three, four uh, area code of Charlotte to Craig Dial. And she said, just hang up. She said, let's pause. If you feel this way, after you sleep on it 24 hours, make the call. But you can't go from wanting to take it to not, to back forth. We need to let this rest and just sort of pray about it, think about it. And so that's, that's very true. 
I know you're a big movie guy, and I can't remember if you and I, over all these years, given my Philadelphia roots, have discussed our mutual appreciation for the Rocky movies and the sequels and the more recent Creed movies that I know your players talk to you about from time to time. Do you still have a poster of Rocky Balboa right there in your UVA office somewhere? And if so, remind us why that movie or that character resonates with you so much. It's probably about seven feet above my head. I'd turn the screen, but I'd probably disconnect and lose it, and you'd get mad at me, and I can't have that. I only had that happen once, and I don't want that, because I think, you know, you were wearing, we were wearing the same clothing line, and uh, you said, hey, you're cramping my style, when I said, hey, David, I wear the same suit brand as you, and you said, I'm the only one is good enough for that, so I don't need you to get mad if I show you this, so uh, no, I just, yeah, growing up, that's just the mentality, and and that's really, um, in coming here, my hope uh, was when I came from Washington State to come to UVA, hope. and that's what it was. I didn't know, can we, our staff, can I recruit players that can come to a place like this and have a chance to build a program and compete against the, the so-called, well, the, the Hall of Fame coaches uh, in this league. You know, it was Patino, Bayheim. It became that, obviously, Coach K, Coach Williams, both Coach Williams at Maryland. Uh, can we build a program that can compete and have some success? And the only way I knew how was that just recruit guys, hire a staff that just want a chance at a title fight. They're underdogs. They're, they have the chip on their shoulder, and, and that's what I really wanted to establish. And to this day, that's, that's our mindset is find guys that have that rocky mindset. I guess you got to say Creed now to the younger generation because yeah, right, right. that's what they watch, and um, that are willing to just – They'll do everything they can, and um, they know who they are, but they want a chance at a title fight, and they don't assume that they're uh, owed that or anything. So, yeah, that's the mentality. And I always look at that, and obviously one of the greatest movies. And I've never been on the steps. I'm sure you've oh, been wow, on those wow. steps, but I haven't. Speaking of title fights, it is hard to believe, Coach, but this coming March will bring the fifth anniversary of your team's run to that 2019 NCAA championship. I have always admired your perspective on a lot of things, and you've always been good at kind of turning the page to the next thing, whether the last thing that happened was good or bad. How do you both celebrate and somehow utilize that 2019 title today and moving forward, but also, of course, make sure you and your players remain focused on today and the present and the near future? Yeah, I mean, in all things, give thanks. I mean, how, how can you not, in, in your vocation, your professional life, you're trying with everything you got with the people you surround yourself with to, to reach the so-called uh, mountaintop experience in your profession. But I think the best way to answer that is, um, I, again, I've shared it, but it's something that my father was asked when he got his team at Wisconsin to a Final Four. In the press room right after, they said, is this the greatest moment of your life? And his answer, and I committed it to memory, was he said, from a feeling state euphoria, perhaps it is but it doesn't compare with faith, with family. And he went on to say, because I know it truly matters, it enables me to enjoy what seems to matter like this. And I think that's such a healthy perspective because you know, you, you have hard losses, you have great wins, and I've experienced both. And you, you, know, you, you grow through the hard losses and you're humbled through those, and you give thanks through the great wins and you're humbled through those. And um, just as long as they, they don't define you, you're always we're always battling what's our identity is it in what we do in being either a successful coach or a 
coach that isn't successful, winning a game, losing a game, and try to remove that stuff. But yes, I'm long philosophical answer. Probably you just wanted a heck yeah, awesome. And I, and I give <laughs> thanks. And, and again, I always feel like, man, to be able to share that with people you love that, it was amazing. Coach, I am 100% sure that you are not somebody who would fundamentally change who you are just because you won the NCAA title. But I do imagine that some things, maybe many things around you have changed over these last four and a half years. How do you summarize those changes, whether they're among fans or the media or how you're perceived by recruits or even demands on your time or anything else that comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, maybe there's a little more notoriety for your program um, and the opportunities of things that have happened. Um, you know, certainly we've we've been successful um, for a long time and built it up and then to to win a national championship is exciting. And then, you know, we had some, you know, since then there was the COVID pause. We didn't have the NCAA tournament one year COVID pause and we've gotten bounced out of the first round. Um, and that's certainly been challenging. So you got to battle with that stuff. Um, and so, you know, you when you've tasted it, um, you want to desperately get back to that from a professional standpoint. So that, you know, hard to hard to maintain and sustain. And so much of our, you know, there's the body of work of the regular season and then pretty much everything now is so geared towards postseason NCAA tournament play. And so, you know, trying to earn that right to get there and then see if you can advance again. So, again, some of the frustrations have been not being able to either get out of the first round with heartbreaking losses or um, things like that. But that's part of, all right, it's a challenge every year. You kind of begin again, so to speak. Um, but there's definitely notoriety because, like you said, we've we've won six of the last 10 or 11 regular season championships um, and then some couple of the ACC tournaments. And, you know, we've certainly advanced in the NCAA tournament before that. Um, and I think seeing, I'll tell you one thing that's changed, seeing our guys go on um, and have NBA careers, not just like a cup of coffee, but they're lasting. And that's a, I saw a cool stat that I'm thankful for. Um, it's, you know, out of teams that haven't had a top 25 recruiter, who has the most current active NBA players um, that are not in the top 25 coming out of high school. And we, we led that. I think Michigan wow. was up there, you know, with Coach Beeline and Coach Howard's guys. But we got nine current players in that. And, and that stuff's important. That helps because – in recruiting, guys want to know, can we win? And can I have a chance to go become a pro from a basketball standpoint, among other things? So I think the validation of coming here, you can win. And you know what? You're going to learn to play. And this system, this place can help you advance and have a lasting NBA career. That's important. So I think that's changed and helped us in that. But, um, but yeah, no, again, just uh, the other stuff, it's, it's not much different. Um, it really is. And you just go about your work and that's it. Coach, at the NCAA tournament earlier this year, number one seed Purdue, coached by Matt Painter, found himself in your shoes. The Boilermakers were losing to number 16 seed Fairleigh Dickinson. And there were a lot of references at the time to your team's unprecedented loss as a number one seed to number 16 seed UMBC back in 2018. I know you're very comfortable in your own skin, so you won't mind me bringing this up. But this, as the story goes, while the Purdue game is unfolding this past March on TV, someone near you at the time said, well, don't you want company? Don't you want another number one seed to lose to a 16 seed so those 2018 Cavaliers aren't alone in that category? Your answer was no. Why? 
you've done your homework for this interview. I tried, <laughs> man. No, for real, you always do. Um, it was strange. One of my staff, you know, we have a group staff, and I said, "Hey, turn on the Purdue game. We might have company." And I turned it on, and I saw it, and I literally felt all those feelings. You know, it's almost like you go back to that. And I found myself saying, no, no. You know, I was pulling for Matt. I know Matt. I think he's one of the game's best coaches, and he's outstanding in how he does it. And so in seeing that, I just felt like I, I don't want to have him have to go through some of those challenges and those players. But ultimately, I know, you know, obviously that was probably part of our story and maybe necessary us for us to don't know if we would have won the championship the next year. And, and who knows what's in store for him. But it was just that feeling of, you know, I know how the outside world looks at you, the things you feel that you battle through and your players have to go through. And again, it is just a game, but that was the the thought of it. And, you know, with the transfer portal now, immediate eligibility with name, image and likeness, whether you see more of those or not, I mean, the games are getting closer. The line of um, disparity is teams can kind of add pieces to their team. And it's it's hard in this and it's you know, they've experienced that. They've lost some early ones, but it doesn't take away from the quality of what he's done over the years. Remarkable. Coach, you mentioned the transfer portal and NIL. You and Clemson football coach Dabo Sweeney are both national champions who somehow over this past decade have become friends of our program here in our North Carolina-based show. And you're both thoughtful guys who have similar views, at least on some things. As you probably know, Dabo has largely resisted the transfer portal, and right now he's having by far his roughest season in more than a decade as the head coach of the football Tigers. Meanwhile, Florida State football coach Mike Norvell, who was really struggling in Tallahassee just two years ago, has absolutely embraced the transfer portal. He's 9-0 and with the Seminoles. He may be on his way to the ACC title and a trip to the college football playoff. At times this season, Coach, 15 of the Seminoles' 22 starters on offense and defense have been major college transfers. Now, I know football and basketball are different, and I know you have four incoming basketball transfers this year at UVA, but you also lost not just some guys at the end of the bench, we were used to those transfers, but your starting center, Caden Shedrick, is now at Texas because of the transfer portal. Do you believe, bottom line question, that you can still win at the highest level, the old-fashioned way, by signing mostly high school players, helping them develop, and cultivating all of those various relationships together over a multi-year period? I think, um, you know, everyone is in experimental mode, if I'd say it. Like, no one has the exact answer. I mean, if you're going to, you know, really go all transfers. And some some programs have done that with the grad transfer. You know, basketball is different than football just because of the numbers. Yeah, and yeah. that's why I think there's maybe more parity in it, although it's starting to be that way for football. But, um, you know, if you're going to go all transfers, you know, now with name, image, and likeness, there's, there's certain things that come into play. Um, you know, you can do it. That's a way to do it. The beauty of our sport is when you're the head coach, you get to choose how you do it. I don't think you can stick your head in the sand and say, I'm not going to make adjustments. I'm not going to change. You have to look at the times, hold certain things dear that are, you know, whether you want to call them your, your rocks, your non-negotiables, how we're going to do. We use the word double down on what we believe are the things that matter. I've got some words behind me um, on the wall, but I think um, it has to make sense. And yes, when you have continuity and you can build it, that's how we've done it. I had to do that at Washington State. That's how I did it when I came here. Can you still do that? 
I think you try with all your might to do it, keep your core together. Might you lose a few more guys? Yes, but if it's a whole, you're swapping your team every year, that will be hard. I don't think that's the intent of how this was supposed to be. But but you have to adjust, find guys that make sense, and ha I think have a balance. And, um, you know, again, sometimes I, I wish that that wasn't the one-time transfer. I wish, you know, guys had to stay. You mentioned Caden Shedder. Caden gave everything he could while well, the time he was here. And, you know, I wish all the guys that have transferred from our program, I wish none of them would have. I really do. I, I wish they would have just stayed and, and um, you know, you go through hard stuff, but that's where the good lessons are. But for him and for others, they thought at the time it was the best situation. Um, and, you know, you have to just honor that and wish them well and then build your team and be, you know, into what you're doing. So, again, a long answer to a long question. <laughs> so, but I, I, old school, new school, I think figure out how you're going to do it, stay true to who you are, but everyone, no one has the answers to this unless you just want to, I know you're not supposed to use certain terms, you know, assemble a team kind of the professional way, free agency, um, but everyone's trying to figure out what is the best way. And, you know, you look at the final four, the, the older teams. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. look at some teams that, you know, have bigger NIL collectives you know that's, that stuff's real um so you try to figure it out but continuity building it hopefully that wins out and you'll hear i am with one returning starter this year as we, we enter yeah, in yeah. but but we'll see okay coach we'll get you out of here with this you are headed as i mentioned to charlotte this week your one and oh cavaliers will take on the one and oh florida gators at spectrum center as part of something called the hall of fame series for fans who don't know this is being hosted in five different cities, Las Vegas last week, Charlotte this week, and then there'll be more games in Toronto and San Antonio and Phoenix in December. Also in Charlotte this week, by the way, Liberty takes on the Charlotte 49ers and Virginia Tech of the ACC takes on the South Carolina Gamecocks. With your trip to the Queen City in mind, Coach, ACC basketball fans do know a lot about your senior star, Reese Beekman a little about your returnees like an Isaac McNeely or a Ryan Dunn, but four of your top 10 guys are major college transfers. What else can you share with us about this UVA team and how you describe your goals, ACC title, bigger things or otherwise for this underway season? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like that the core of our team are first and second year guys. So the goal will be to retain and keep the core of them together and build and add pieces that I still think is the way. Um, but very inexperienced, um, you know, again, some of the experience of the transfers will help, but it's just inexperienced. But that doesn't mean you can't be very good and very competitive and always pursue, you know, first you start with quantitative, or I'm sorry, first you start with qualitative over quantitative, you know, and I've always believed process, process, as people talk about, but yeah, you want to be as good as you can. Basketball, a little different than football. Sometimes you can kind of have some bumps in the road up and down and then you know, try to really develop and peak at the right time. But there'll have to be a level of patience um, with this group, but also, you know, high account, high expectations and just get them to, we're talking a lot about being as, as hard to play against as possible and, and, you know, demanding, but encouraging, patient, but yet pushing. Um, all those things have to be in place. So not sure, unproven. We'll, you know, had a good start. Guys played hard. We'll play against some real quality opponents here um, pretty much, all the way on and, and I think we'll we'll learn but it's a different place and the continuity we've had um, so again it's a chance to just see how it goes and, and keep
keep evaluating. As I thank you for your time, Coach, I just want to pass one thing along. Before you joined us today, and maybe as you joined us, I mentioned to our audience that only three men have been named ACC Coach of the Year four times or more. UNC's Dean Smith, Duke's Mike Krzyzewski, and you. I also mentioned that only three coaches have had 10 or more consecutive winning seasons in ACC competition, meaning the history of a league that's more than 70 years old at this point. Again, those three names, Dean Smith, Mike Krzyzewski, and you. I consider it one of the great blessings of my career that starting when I was a student reporter, I had many one-on-one -on -one interviews with the late Coach Smith, and for 35 or so years running now, even into his retirement, I've had dozens of one-on-one -on -one interviews with Coach K. So similarly, your repeated one-on-one -on -one visits with me on our various platforms over these last 15 years are another thing that I really appreciate and truly cherish. So I thank you for that. Awesome. All right. Then he says something, and then I say that's 15th year you already have me saying that's 15th year of Virginia basketball coach Tony Bennett. Yeah. Just yep. make sure you catch make sure you catch that one flub where I started a sentence earlier today. I did. And then I had I had to stop. Just make sure that doesn't end up in there. Nope. Uh, I found yeah, that's the beautiful thing about this. I had to go through every single bit of it. Thanks, so, man. There we go. Um, you want to tackle MJ Morris tomorrow, or what do you want to do? Well, we can do it right now if you want to. We're still recording. I'll try to do it. Um, and basically, just so I have it clear in my head, it's the pitch to me during the big four aspect, right? Yeah. Okay. You're just talking – you're doing your part of the um, – just of the NC State Wake Forest game. Got it. Okay. I will get off and you go whenever. Okay, in this one, although NC State has the better of this rivalry historically, Wake Forest has actually won nine of the last 10 matchups played in Winston-Salem. And it will not surprise me at all if the Demon Deacons, who are fighting to keep Dave Clawson's school record seven-year bowl streak alive right now, if they do it again this year. We all know the X's and O's here. Both defenses are much better than both offenses. The same circumstances that the Wolfpack faced heading into its home victories over Clemson and Miami. But now we have the new dynamic, right? No more MJ Morris. That was an unorthodox, unorthodox mid-season announcement where he doesn't want to burn another year of eligibility. If he plays another game, he will. And even though he's the starting quarterback, I don't think I've ever seen this before. Uh, it's one thing to dodge a bowl game, right, to protect your pro status. No, this is leaving your team as the starting QB at midseason to protect a year of eligibility. Uh, maybe it is unprecedented in college football history. I don't know. Some of these dynamics are the same, but I wonder how the Wolfpack is going to react even after reinserting the previous starter, Virginia transfer Brennan Armstrong, into this picture. Uh, I don't like the Wolfpack under these circumstances on the road. Now, the Demon Deacons know against Armstrong or anybody else, they're going to have to create turnovers and limit mistakes to win. And they're going to need their veteran quarterback, Mitch Griffiths, who has slightly improved as the season has gone along after really struggling early. They're going to need Griffiths to deliver 
against what is an extremely aggressive and really confident Wolfpack defense right now. Someone's dreams are going to die on Saturday. It's either Wake's bowl hopes, because the Deeks still have to play Notre Dame later, so 6-6 six and six starts to look shaky if you lose to the Wolfpack, or it's State's dreams of maybe becoming only the second team in NC State football history to reach 10 or more victories in a single season. If the Pack beats the Deeks with Armstrong back at the controls, and then you beat Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, and then you beat the Tar Heels in Raleigh, and then you win your bowl game, there's your 10 wins. All of that is easier said than done when it comes to that potential feather in the cap of Wolfpack coach Dave Doran. I am dying to see how the Wolfpack responds to this really bizarro world MJ Morris midseason announcement. We'll see. David, thank you and certainly wish you the best and uh, always great being with you. That is 15th year Virginia basketball coach Tony Bennett, three-time national coach of the year, four-time ACC coach of the year, two-time ACC champion, 2019 national champion, mentor of young men, longtime friend of our program here at the David Glenn Show, and all-around good guy. We will be back right after this. The oldest restaurant in New Hanover County has a brand new look, feel, and taste, making it the number one place for great food in Wrightsville Beach. Owner Jimmy Galise and his wife Keaton have poured their hearts and soul into the reformation of this North Carolina coastal classic restaurant, and the impact has been fantastic. King Neptune serves fresh fish, chicken, and steak, and has an amazing wine and spirits to lift your dining experience to the make it the best at the beach. Come taste the creations of Chef Chavez, and you'll know that you have tasted a little bit of heaven right there in Wrightsville Beach. That's King Neptune. Call them at 910-239-3055 and make your reservation now. King Neptune in Wrightsville Beach, a proud partner of the North Carolina Sports Network. Okay, that'll do it for today's edition of the program. One last thing, our weekly reminder, please subscribe to our official YouTube channel, Instagram, and Twitter accounts here at the North Carolina Sports Network. Remember, our social media handle is at the NC Sports Net, at T-H-E-N-C Sports Net. I, of course, am still on Twitter at David Glenshaw. When you subscribe to our YouTube channel in particular, it is free, remember, and it's as easy as clicking the subscribe button next to this video box where you're seeing or hearing me right now, you are automatically eligible for really cool prizes. And that's moving forward in perpetuity as long as we're around. That includes free tickets to upcoming college and pro sporting events, free concert tickets. You can attend with or without me. Free rounds of golf, again, with or without me. And free dinners at some of North Carolina's best restaurants, again, with or without me. And those restaurants include two of our sponsors, The Oak, right here on Lake Boone Trail in Raleigh, and King Neptune, our favorite at the beach in Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina. We recently gave away one grand prize. The winner had about 10 options and selected lower level tickets to a Carolina Panthers home game. 
There are lots of sub prizes as well when we hit various uh, thresholds. We're going to continue to randomly draw more winners when we hit, for example, 1,000 subscribers. I think we're almost at 900 as I speak. So that threshold is just around the corner. We've got to 900 in just a couple of months of full-time college sports and pro sports coverage here at the new North Carolina Sports Network. So we ask you to help us get to 1,000 here in the near future. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. And remember, whether you were subscriber number one or subscriber number 999, you do remain eligible for all of these prizes, large and small, that we give out in the coming weeks and months. The David Glenn Show is an exclusive production of the North Carolina Sports Network. Executive producer, Mike Waddell, the founding partner of NCSN, is the North Carolina Pork Council. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for spending time with us today on the David Glenn Show. We look forward to seeing you again, maybe at one of our upcoming Old North State tailgate and traveling sports circus stops all across the great state of North Carolina. Either way, have a great week. We look forward to seeing you next time right here on The David Glenn Show.